God deserves our highest praise, church. And that was so good. Can we say thank you to our worship team, please? So good. Amen. Man, we are pumped about Seek tonight, man. Don't miss that. More of this to come for Seek. But hey, come on. I want to get into this, man. We got a lot to cover as we open up a new series today. And it's a new series on marriage, and it's called Blessed. But first, we have to look to Tuesday. Tuesday's a huge day in the United States of America. Church, we need to vote. We need to get out and vote. You need to vote a, bi- a biblical conscience. That's how you just need to vote Bible conscience. Roe versus Wade and that, that beautiful overturning of that, putting it into the state's hands. This is a huge, huge vote for New York. This is a huge vote across this country as we see such an issue just as that as one of those issues that's a top issue of what we can do to stop the killing of the unborn. Man, it could be amazing, uh, let alone the, the, the reality of marriage and the reality of, of just there's so much that's been on the stake, the reality of get America back into a good place again, man, of just freedom again, truly. So we've got to get out on Tuesday and vote a true Bible conscience in regards to life, in regards to marriage, in regards to freedom, in regards to uh, a government that can make really good decisions, in regards to public schools, and just say, just how about this, let's just go back and just teach the kids ABCs, let's just do that, let's go back to, to, to just, let's just get all the other junk out, and let's just teach one, two, three, ABC, let's do that. And uh, let, let's get back to the polls on, on Tuesday. And it's a really big deal. Be praying for this. We have an opportunity in New York to make a huge difference. We have an opportunity through the United States of America if we come back and vote a Bible conscience and see. I'm, I'm, I am anticipating. I am excited to see across America to see uh, what, what kind of state that we're in as an American, as the United States of America. Like if we see a huge swing in the right direction, I will be thrilled and I'm hoping for that, that we get back to that. Come on. Um, Again, so good to see you. Come on, let's get into this. Genesis 1, please. Genesis 1. Lord, bless us as we speak, as we hear, and as we respond to your powerful word. In Jesus' name. Come on, amen. Here we go. Genesis 1. This is is a, a new series and we kick this series off. The whole series is called Blessed. Because when you see uh, what marriage has been created to be, God Almighty created marriage and he called it blessed, right? And when you understand, okay, number one, I I want my marriage to be blessed. If you are 18 and under, put your hand up in the air, please. 18 and under, put your hand up in the air. Perfect, perfect, perfect. If you are like 22 and under, put your hand up in the air. 22 and under, put your hand up, keep it up. Like, listen, young adults, this is the deal. If you are 22 and under and you're not married, then you need to listen, you need to listen, you need to plug in, you need to invite your friends to this series. Because if you want to be married right, then there's a lot of training that goes into that. Man, you got to be prepared, man. Preparation before performance. Preparation before performance. A pastor told me that years ago. Preparation before performance. Apply that to every area of your life, right? And then when you are saying, okay, man, I know that there will be a day that I get married, then we need to do this thing right. If you are married now, Man, there's a way, and if if you're married and it's great, stay on track, stay on target, do what you're doing. If you're married and it's not great, if it's not according to what God says this can look like, then we're going to work on this thing inch by inch. We're going to work on this and we're going to agree that it's going to get better. And we're going to work on this inch by inch and we're going to do it the Lord's way. And we're going to figure this out. Man, I I am so excited for this marriage series. 
And I'm excited for this day that you can begin to see a picture of what God says, this is what your marriage can look like. I did a wedding several years ago, and I was studying for that wedding, that particular wedding. And just there was something in, in, in Genesis 1, 27 and 28 that just, man, it just came off the page at me. Read it, you read it, you read it. And there's moments that when you read something, you're like, hold on, man, I want to park here. And I want to just kind of like unpack this for this wedding. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's some serious depth to this. And when you see what God has said about marriage in the beginning, and before the fall and before sin, this is what God said, this is how I've created marriage. And God said it's blessed. And you go through the creation story and you see that God did these amazing six days of creation. He created the heavens and the earth. He created, you know, the sun, the moon, and the star. He created the things that fly and the things that swim. And then on like all of this great creation, and we see even through the Psalms that creation is just crying out his majesty and his excellence and his glory and his power and his authority. And they scream of the ability of God's hands. And you just see that just even creation just defines and describes and cries out to the living God as all powerful and almighty. And that's, that's just what creation does. And then on the sixth day, it's amazing. He makes the beasts that, that would crawl on, on four. And then he made something so special in male and female. And when you see that God made creation and all of the sticks and all of the seas and all of the oceans and all everything that swims and everything that flies. And man, if you've been paying attention for the last few nights, the, scar, the stars are just screaming at us, God's glory. But then you look at this in Genesis 1 verse 27, and God created man in his own image and he created him male and female and he created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. And then you see all through day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, and God said it was good. And God said it was good. And God said it was good. And then he creates male and female. And he looked at what he did on day six. And he said, this is very good. So in the very beginning, when God designed male and female, and I love from verse 27, we see that God created male and female. He created them in equal value and equal worth. We, we could learn a lot from the statement I'm about to say, so please hear me. Every male and every female before the eyes of God is equal value and equal worth. But please hear me. He gives us different roles. He gives us different roles to fulfill. It doesn't mean one role is less than another role. It doesn't mean one role is less important than another role. Your role doesn't equal your value. you got to understand that, right? When you, when you see in, in just the opening up of this marriage series, male and female are created in the image of God. Male in the image of God. Female in the image of God. And when you unpack that, that just screams equal value and equal worth. But there are particular roles for the male and there are particular roles for the female particularly in marriage. We're not going to unpack all of that today by any means. We're going to just look at kind of one thing today. And when you look at this word blessed, when you see, okay, God created male and female, made in his image, equal value, equal worth, and then he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. That is the first marriage that God created a man and a woman to be together. And God looked at this and said, that is very good. And that is blessed. And the word blessed means to overflow. 
the, the word blessed, it means to be abundantly good. He looked at a man and his wife and says, that's abundantly good. That's blessed. That should overflow with goodness. That, that's a picture of overflowing with health. Like when you see this, like look at this, verse 28, highlight the word blessed and God blessed them. It overflows. It's abundantly good. It is great. And, and, it, and it means it's healthy. It's, it's happy, right? This is the word blessed. And God said it overflows with health. So man, when you, when you see this in scripture, you look at this and say, okay. And then you see in verse 31 and God said it was, it was very good. God said it was very good, right? When, when you understand, okay, okay, hold on. So if I enter into a marriage relationship, then God's design plan for that marriage relationship is to overflow with goodness. It should be abundantly good. It should be happy. It should be healthy. It should be prosperous. That's what, that's what prosperity means in the word blessing. All these are big, big definitions for the word blessing. Right? And, and I know that God is towards me, and I know that God is for me. If God is the architect and the designer for marriage, and I want a marriage done God's way, right? if I want the results that God says, listen, these are the results of a marriage that can overflow with goodness. These are the results of marriage between a man and a wife that can overflow and be abundantly great to be healthy, to be happy, and to have great prosperity to it. And that's not finances. That's just in love and joy and peace. And pay. There's, there's a lot to that. Financially, is, is, can be fine if you work hard, right? You reap what you sow. But when you, when you understand God's opening design plan for marriage, God says, I'm bringing a man and a woman together. And I'm saying it's very good. And I'm saying what I brought together should be overflowing with goodness. If you're single in this house, you know, you, you need to be saying, okay, I, I, I know what I could have. If God says you can have this, but the kicker is this, if you want it, the results that God has for you, there's only one way to get those results is to do it God's way. Please hear me. We want God's results, but we try to do it the world way. We want God's results, but we try to do it different way. And you don't get God's results by doing it the world way. The only way you get God's design plan in marriage, that it overflows and that it is blessed and that it is great and that it, that it is abounding, that which is healthy and that which is happy and that which is prosperous is to do it God's way. So we try to unpack this and we look at this and we say, okay, well, what, what, what does that blessed marriage look like? A man just praying through this and looking through so many scriptures in regards to marriage and life and church. Man, if, if you want that blessed marriage, there's a word that we need to cover today and it's unity, it's harmony. Like you need a husband and wife to walk in harmony together. You want a husband and wife to walk in this amazing word called unity. And unity means we strive together. Unity means we, we're on target. Unity means we have a like mind. Unity means we're here and we, we know our purpose is over here. So together we go, right? Together we go. That's unity. That's harmony. And when you, when you begin to unpack, like those who are not in unity, those who don't function from a place of harmony, your marriage is not blessed. 
Your marriage doesn't overflow with happy when you're always disagreeing. Your marriage doesn't overflow with happy when one person's going this direction and another person's going this direction. It's not overflowing and being happy and healthy, right? When you understand, okay, if I want that blessed marriage, if I want that marriage that overflows, then man, we need to get together and we need to, we need to harmonize, man. We need to be on the same page and walk in unity. Right, First Peter 3, if you could put that up, please. First Peter 3, 8. And this, this is kind of like First Peter 3. You've got a word to the wives. Then you've got a word to the husbands. And then I love this. It closes out like this. It says, to sum up all of you. Like, hey, listen, everything all in the package. All of you, like husbands and wives, be harmonious. Right? Be sympathetic. Be brotherly. Be, be kind-hearted. That means tender. And be humble in spirit. Five huge ingredients here to a marriage. Right? We're going to only talk about one. Like, hey, to sum it up, wives, husbands, be harmonious. You know what harmony means? It, ju it just means that you guys are ebb and flowing together, man. You guys are like in this beautiful place of harmony. Man, he goes, I go, she goes, I go. Like we walk in this place that, man, we are just praying and we're agreeing. And there's this beautiful sense of harmony to our marriage. Right? There, there's not any contention in this. There's not disagreement in this. And I'm not saying in marriage you don't disagree. That's not what I'm saying. Right? I'm saying even in marriage, when there is a disagreement, you do it biblical way and you come to, to an understanding with one another to say, okay, you know what? For the sake of harmony, I, I honestly, I don't know if I see it your way, but I'm going to trust. Watch this. Watch this. I'm going to trust you in this. And I'm all in. That brings things back into harmony. You have to have trust in a marriage and you have to have a relation that says for the sake of harmony. For the sake of unity. Can I ask you a serious question? What would happen if you honestly said, for the sake of unity, I fight for my right? For the sake of unity, I stay in my ground and I'm not moving. I'm not moving my, this is where I think it's going to go. And I'm going to do it like, no, no, no. For the sake of unity, you lay yourself down. For the sake of unity, there's times that you go, you know what? I don't see it, but I'm going to trust you. And I'm all in for the sake of unity. Like, man, write that down. And I, I need you to really answer that. For the sake of unity, I dot, dot, dot. What do you do to maintain unity within your marriage? What do you do to maintain that harmony? Right? The, the word unity, it means to be like-minded. It means to agree. It means to, to, to work together. That's what, that's what unity means. And when you see, man, to sum it all up, man, you need to be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. And when you see the top ingredient to that is we need to walk in unity. We need to be together in what we're doing. See, if there's always disagreements and if there are always divisions and if there are always contentions and if we're not like-minded, you will not have that marriage that is blessed. You will not have that marriage that just overflows with, with an abundance of goodness. So, so when you see this, there's this big picture of, okay, if I'm a young person, man, if I, am, if I am single, and I know there will be a day that I'm getting married, then please hear me, man. It is foolish, church. It is foolish for you to even play games with someone who doesn't worship and know and love Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's crazy for you to get into a game with, with the opposite sex of someone who doesn't love Jesus first. It's crazy. 
Please hear me. You hear me say this from this pulpit often, often, often. Listen, if they don't know Jesus, then don't get in that game. I promise you, you will marry somebody you date. You will marry, like, ah, I can play games. Ah, I'm lonely. Ah, it's worth it. Ah, man, he, he's got a job. Like today, that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing, right? But if he doesn't know Jesus, man, she's beautiful. Like if she doesn't know Jesus, like you can't, you can't play games for that. And man, I need to speak to those who are single to say just simply this, is you can never walk in unity with someone who doesn't know Jesus. If you got married and like maybe someone came to Christ after that and you're in a situation where I know Jesus and she doesn't, or I know Jesus and he doesn't, but man, I came to Christ after marriage, man, then 1 Peter 3 for the ladies speaks to that, like stay strong, stay on target, stay, keep praying, keep praying, do who you're called to be before the Lord and watch what God will do within that marriage. Like you gotta stay the course and you gotta just continue to pray for your spouse if they don't know Jesus. But if you are dating, do not get into a relationship that you are unequally yoked. The Bible says it so clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Why is light with darkness? What, what do you have in harmony with Jesus and Belial? Belial means the, the depth of darkness of Satan, right? What does an unbelievable have in common with, it, with, a, with a believer? Like, like when you see this, you go, okay, wow, huh. Church, why is it that we settle being single? And we put a blessed marriage on the, on the altar of loneliness. Well, I'm lonely. Don't settle. Do you trust and believe that God has a man for you? Do you trust and believe that God has a woman for you? Don't settle. It will cost you everything, church. I mean, when you, when you, when you see this, if you would please just turn with me to, to Mark chapter 10, please. Mark chapter 10. Because Jesus speaks to this, and, and there's something, something very special that takes place here. And I love this because you got Jesus now. Jesus is in ministry. He's doing his thing. You've got the scribes, the Pharisees, the elders. Like they are just, they are anti-Jesus, man. They are coming hard against Jesus. And this is a time where they're just trying to find everything they can. Just find me a nugget that we can discredit Jesus. This is their plan. They want to test Jesus. They want to discredit Jesus. They want to get Jesus off course. They want, to, they want to be able to say something about Jesus and throw dirt on Jesus so that people aren't following Jesus anymore. Jesus was becoming popular. Jesus was doing a good work. Jesus was preaching the gospel. Jesus was healing the sick. Jesus was raising the dead. Guess what? Jesus was getting attention, and the attention was on Jesus and not on the scribes and Pharisees, and they were getting ripped about it. Right? They were getting ripped about it. So here you've got, you've got now, they, they say, okay, maybe we can corner him in regards to marriage. Let's like, to try to corner Jesus is foolish, but they're like, okay, hey, let's try to find something. Let's try to find a nugget that we can discredit Jesus. Let's go at him in a sense of marriage. So you pick this up in Mark 10, and this is great. Mark 10 says this, uh, verse three, then some Pharisees came up to Jesus, testing him and began to question him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce a wife. And Jesus answered them and said, well, what did Moses command you? Here they're asking Jesus. I love Jesus. Man, if you want to follow Jesus, learn how Jesus does things and how he holds conversations because he, he just in turn asks a question, right? Well, what did Moses command you? And they said, Moses permitted. Look at the difference between command and permitted. Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. But Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. Church, this is huge. Because when you look at the ease of divorce today, 
And nobody went to the altar going, ah, this is just going to stink. I'm getting married and it's just going to be awful. Let's do this. High five. You know, let's move forward. Like nobody goes to the altar in marriage and think this is just going to be awful. No, you go with, with good intentions. But I promise you this. When there has been a divorce, and my heart goes out to divorce, my heart goes out to those who just have been shredded and ripped apart by, the, by the, just the heartbreak of divorce. But a divorce happens, watch this, when unity is broken. Divorce happens when one person made it about themselves. That's a hard heart. It's about me. It's only about me. And Jesus is going to give us some, some truth here that's just tremendous. And when you understand this in marriage, when you understand the power and the authority that we have in marriage, when you understand, according to Ephesians 5, that marriage is bigger than you, Marriage is bigger than you. Marriage represents Christ in the church. Please hear me, man. When you get this, when you understand, okay, yeah, we got married because I want a spouse and I want a husband and I want a wife. And man, we're going to have kids and we're going to have a great life. And yes, amen. And I want my marriage to be blessed. Yes and amen. But a part of that is what Jesus says in Ephesians 5. said, listen, it's bigger than you. Sean, marriage is bigger than you and Renee. Sean, marriage is bigger than you. And Sean, marriage is bigger than Renee. And marriage is bigger than both of you. Because the reality is I set up marriage. He could have done anything possible to give the world a picture of Christ and the church. And he said, it's marriage. I have brought a man and a woman together and it represents Christ and the church. When people see your marriage, they should see a beautiful picture of Christ and the church. I believe a good marriage is the greatest evangelism tool that we have. I have said that from the beginning of Believer's Chapel. This is why we want strong families. This is why we want husbands and wives in this church. This is why we want families in this church. This is why we do a marriage series almost every year, because it's so important that if we want to win people, your marriage can be that testimony of Christ and the church. I hope you're getting the depth of this, because your marriage is bigger than you think it is. It represents something bigger than just you. When people see your home and people see your marriage, they can get a true picture of Christ's love for the church and the church's response to Jesus Christ. So here Jesus is like, listen, guys, divorce happens when there's a hard heart. Divorce happens when one person made it about themselves. Because then he goes into this beautiful teaching. He says this, verse 6, but from the beginning of creation, I love I love where he takes it right back to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Genesis 2 is, and a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and the two become one flesh, for they're both naked and not ashamed. For the man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife. The word joined here, it means to cleave. It means to come together, where you can't tear apart. It's as if you take two pieces of paper and you glue them together and you let that dry. And then what happens when you try to rip those two pieces apart? It just destroys them. Now, the Bible says in God's design plan and the blessing of marriage, he says, no, a husband and wife are cleaved and they are joined and they are glued together and they're not supposed to come apart. And the two shall become one. And they were both naked and not ashamed. There's not shame between a husband and a wife. And Jesus, in the midst of being tested, Jesus knows exactly what they're doing. <laughs> Jesus, who is God, has never once been caught off guard. Jesus is like, hold on, guys. Divorce happens because someone made it about themselves. 
And Jesus is like, let me take you back to the beginning of creation. And don't forget, in the beginning, God made a male and a female, and he put them together and said, this picture here, it should overflow with goodness. It should be great. That's God's design plan. And Jesus says, let's go back to the beginning. And he says this, and from the beginning, God made them male and female. And for this reason, man shall leave his father and his mother. I love it. He's just quoting Genesis 2. And the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but they are one. Church, you need to hear this because Jesus sets up something so beautiful here. And it was a design plan from the very beginning. That your marriage between a husband and a wife is unlike any other relationship you will ever have, ever have on this planet. A husband and wife relationship is different from a son or a daughter as a parent. A husband and wife relationship is different from a brother and sister relationship. A husband and wife relationship is different from, your, your, from what you would claim to be your best friend. If your best friend is not your spouse, we need to work on that. What you would claim friendship, like it's different from anything that you would claim as a friendship. Like it's different from your brothers and sisters in Christ. It is unique and it is divine and it is between a man and a woman where God's mathematical equation is one plus one equals one. Nowhere else in scripture are you in a sense between a man and a woman called to be one, called to be that unified, called to be that much in harmony between a husband and a wife that God says one plus one equals one, which means just simply as this, forever after marriage, it's always about us. It's no longer about Sean. And it's no longer about Renee, but it is always about us for the sake of the gospel. It's always about us for the kingdom. It's always about us and our marriage. Listen, we ain't perfect. My goodness, she's married to me. She was perfect, and then she married me, and then I blew it for her. But anyways, like, so when you, when you understand this and the reality of this, right, you see it's no longer about you. It's always about us, but it's really not about us because it's about the kingdom. And when you get this thing right, when you get this thing right and you understand it's no longer about me, it's about us. But, it, but it's not only just about us because it's about the kingdom. And when I know that it's about the kingdom, I need to walk in a way of what Jesus says where there is no longer two. One plus one equals one. And there's no longer a two, but there's one. Right, I love this. Watch this. Watch this. And the two shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but they are one. And then I, I love verse nine. It says this. Therefore, therefore, because of that, because it's no longer two, because you can't separate one another, because it's no longer about two. And listen, don't make it about yourself. Don't get that hard heart that says, "No, I'm going to make it about me. I'm going to get what I want, man. I'm going to I'm going to function from a place that I'm going to do what I, man. This is about me, man. You're just causing division and you're just causing divorce. And he says, "Wait a minute, hold on, get the picture. What God has joined together, what God has cleaved together, let no man separate." So church, when you hear this and you say, wait a minute, if, if Jesus is taking it back to the beginning, we're in, in, and I love because you, you can look at 
all the history of marriage and you look at the history of divorce and you look at the history of how easy it even was in Jesus' day to just divorce and put off your wife and just there was just women weren't treated great even in Jesus' day and you see where, wait a minute, let's go back to the beginning where it's equal value and it's equal worth. And men, we'll talk about this throughout the series, but men, treat your wife as equal value and equal worth for an excellent wife is, 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 is for, excellent, for an excellent wife uh, is valuable. And when you understand her value and when you understand her worth, you treat her that way. She's your MVP. And all of this comes back to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, where you see God says, if you do it my way, it can be abundantly good. And we need to get rid of all the fluff and just come back to God's way to say we need to walk in unity. You just, just put up um, Philippians 1.27, please. Philippians 1.27, this is a great verse on unity. And this is, this is Paul writing to the church of Philippi about the sense of unity, but apply it to your marriage. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, watch this, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Can you say that's my marriage? We're standing firm in one spirit. We are together of like-mindedness. And we're striving together for the faith of the gospel. We have purpose. We have pur- we're not going in different directions. We're of like-minded, man. And, and listen, please hear me. There's so many times. And I'm hoping that this, this, this message today just drives you to just take a deep dive and a deep look into your life and deeper look in your marriage and say, man, we have been on different pages for a while. You go do your thing, I go do my thing, and it's never our thing. We need to get on the same page. We need to find the purpose that we're, we're created for, for the faith of the gospel. And man, we need to be on the same page. We need to be of like mind. Man, we need to strive together. You're here, I'm there. We're, we're in totally different places. Man, we need, to, we need to do some serious course correction. Maybe you've allowed so much and so much of the busyness and so much of my life and your life. There should not be in my life and your life in marriage. It shouldn't be you go to your, your way and I'm going to go to work my way and we're just going to do your thing and you're going to do your thing. And then, no, 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 that's never been the design plan. The design plan is what we do, we do together. Yes, the husband can go to work and yes, the wife can go to work, but if it's just your thing and it's your thing and it doesn't ever become our thing for the purpose of the gospel, it doesn't ever become our thing because we're actually in this thing for the greater of the kingdom. We're actually in this thing because we represent Christ in the church. And I am praying that there is a serious course correction. Say it's time to get on the same page. Amos 3.3 says, unless two walk together, how can they agree? Unless you walk together, how can we have an appointment, which means a designed place, which means we agree? How can we get there if I'm going this way and you're going this way? How can we ever walk in unity? If we have disagreement, if we have division, if we have my world and your world and it's never been our world, it's never going to work, it's never going to be blessed like God wants it to be blessed if you have disunity. If you are not functioning in a place of harmony, that ebb and flow, like, man, we are in such a great groove as a husband and wife. And man, I step, you step. It's as if we're like doing this dance together. And there's this beautiful harmony to our dance. And we're just in step and it's beautiful. Church, that's the picture. That's the picture. 
what God has called us to. And then our last part to this, please turn to Matthew 18, please. Because there's something that Jesus tells us here that is so powerful. And I think this is one of, one of those keys. There's a lot of keys that, that, that just push us towards unity. There's a lot of keys that push us to truly uh, what it means to have a marriage that is God-blessed. A marriage that overflows with goodness. And Jesus tells us here, this is so good, because Jesus tells us here about what it is to pray. And he doesn't mention marriage here. But what if? And you understanding, man, there is a supernatural authority and there's a supernatural power between a husband and a wife because our union together is not like any other union on the planet. My union as a husband and wife with me and Renee has, is nothing like any other relationship that I have, nor should it be, nor should it be. You can't allow any contaminants to come in between. You can't allow any influence to come in to cause a disagreement or an argument. You got to identify and remove. You got to identify and remove. You got to identify and remove. No, this is coming between us. It's got to go. Man, this person is coming between us. It's got to go. That person's got to go. This is not a good, healthy influence for us. It's causing us to have discord. It's causing us to have problems. Church, unity at all costs. For the sake of unity, dot, dot, dot. Jesus says this. Again, I say to you, verse uh, 19, please. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, for I am in the midst with them. Can I ask you, how much are you praying? I mean, if you take this and say, okay, I'm, in, I'm truly in union with my wife and I'm walking in this unity and we're in harmony and Jesus himself said, listen, listen, if two of you agree on any, if two of you are walking in unity, agreement and unity, if, you, if two of you are walking in harmony about anything, and that has to do with God's will, if you agree with God's will and you are standing firm together as a husband and as a wife, how much are you praying together? Like if you really want unity, what is it that we are praying together and we're agreeing in prayer? God, we're asking you for this. God, we are believing for this. And listen, when you get pregnant, we started praying immediately over our children as soon as we knew we were pregnant. We only found out for one of them. So I was super, super juiced and excited. I'm, I'm the one, I didn't want to find out about any of them. I'm like, let's just go old school and let's just totally be surprised. But when you hear that cry, you're looking. You're like, Tool or no tool? Like, what do we got here, right? Like, what are, we, what are we looking for? And the first one was a man-child. And I was so juiced that we got Carter because when you get a man-child first, man, the boy can take care of the girl. If you have a girl, you're like, okay, he's got to be beefy and protect. But immediately you start praying, right? You start believing together. God, your plan. God, your purpose. God, you protect. God, that you would have a destiny laid out for my child because I know that you have a plan and a destiny for my child. And you just begin to pray over them. And you believe that God is, why? Because we're in agreement. And then God blessed us with this amazing young lady named, named Olivia. And Carter was her protector. And it was just amazing to see the brother-sister relationship. It's an incredible. And, and, and God, just from the, from the womb, begin to pray, God, that you would bless. God, that you would protect. God, that you would work. What is it when two agree? 
and you see God doing a beautiful work through Carter and Katie and now Nathan and Olivia. And then God bless us with Ethan, our third, our third one, our second man child. Just same thing. God, we agree. And God, we pray. And when there's issues, God, we pray. And we come together and we just come. And what is it to just be unified, like-minded, same purpose, and we get it on our knees? We go to work. What happens if you're married and you're just struggling and you realize man, we are not on the same page. As Renee has asked me so, so many times, even in so many different issues of life and pastoring and people, well, Sean, have you prayed about it? It's an amazing question to ask the pastor of the church, right? Well, Sean, have you prayed about it? What kind of dumb question is that, honey? I'm walking away going, I don't think I did. What is wrong with me? Like, of course I, like, what's, you know, you're like, ah, she's right again. Duh. You know, you're like, come on. But truly, man, what is it to say, God, it's time. Because again, I say that if two of you agree on earth about anything. And I love our song this morning in the power of his name. We serve the same God of yesterday, today, and forever. We serve the same God who spoke and created. We serve the same God that by his name, I love it, mountains will be leveled. We serve the same God that is all-powerful and all-knowing and can do anything that he pleases because he is God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what happens when a husband and a wife align together in unity and say, it's time to make a change and it's time to remove the contaminants It's time to remove any distractions. It's time to come back together again because I want a blessed marriage. I want a marriage that overflows and that is abundant and that which is healthy and that which is good and I want that for my marriage and it starts with harmony and it starts with unity and what is it when we come together and go to work on our knees church go to work and go to work means get together and pray that's where we do work that's where we get it done that's where we are unified this is where we agree and we're going to pray and we're going to pray and we're going to pray and we're going to keep praying until this marriage turns around we're going to keep praying until my kid turns around we're going to keep praying until that job comes we're going to keep praying until we agree what do we do we just keep praying why because jesus said if you two agree where you have such a, 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 a relationship that is unlike any other relationship because the two of you become one. And you've got to understand the supernatural authority that you have when a husband and wife get on their knees. Why do you think the enemy tries to work so hard to keep you off your face together? We just didn't have time. Oh, we've been real busy. You know what? We kind of, uh, we started with that beginning and we kind of got off kind of got off course and we're really not praying together what happens when you say today it changes what happens when both of you say no we, we want unity we, we want to do that dance again where there's this just beautiful harmony between me and my wife there's this beautiful harmony between me and my husband and we're just we're just dancing we're in this beautiful place of harmony. What is it to get back to that? Young people, how is it that you could... I want you to be so far 
so far that anything would ever enter into your mind that it's okay to date somebody who's not a believer. You cannot have unity. You have no dance. You have no prayer. It won't work. Start right. Stay right. End right. No excuses. No excuses. Come if you could just stand to your feet, please. Listen, as Katie just closes out in song today, man, if you're married, would you grab the hand of your husband or your wife, please? Maybe you're in this place, go, man, I want that. Man, I'm single, but I want that. Don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle. You need to strive for unity. Man, as Katie's singing, man, I just want you guys to identify if you're married to say, okay, what have the distractions been? Have we listened to a voice? Have we allowed busyness to get in the way? What, what have we, have we settled? Watch this, please. Have we been just okay with good? And we are truly missing the mark on great. How do we settle for good? When we, God's plan is blessed, which means abundantly great and overflowing with that which is good. Don't settle for good. Don't miss this marriage service. Today, it's about unity. Today, it's about being harmonious and walking in harmony. And today, it's about what happens, what happens when you two get on your face and go to work in prayer. I want you to look at me, please. I said it briefly in the beginning of the service, but this is my goal, man. I want to go inch by inch. I want you to realize, man, your marriage ain't going to go from good to great just in one night, in one prayer meeting. It's not going to go just from good to great because tomorrow morning before work, you got on your knees together and you prayed. No, this is inch by inch. Please hear me. This is inch by inch, inch by inch, little at a time. And we're going to go from, from maybe bad to good. And then we're going to get from good to great. Or maybe you're in a place that's good and we're going to get to great, but it's one inch at a time. Okay, we're going to get dedicated. I'm not going to let anything get in the way. It's time to sacrifice for the sake of unity. I, what, what are you dropping for the sake of unity? What influence are you dropping for the sake of unity? What television shows are you dropping for the sake of unity? What nightly activities are you dropping for the sake of unity? For the sake of unity, I. And then you get on your face. And you go to work. And you pray. And you keep praying. And the next morning we pray. The next morning we pray. The next morning we pray. For Jesus said, there are two of you who agree concerning anything. That's unity. And it's supernatural and it's beautiful. One as Katie sings, if anyone needs prayer for any reason, man, if you want to talk Jesus, man, we want to talk Jesus. If you want to know more about Jesus, 
We'd love to talk to Jesus. If you need prayer for any reason, man, come on, we'd love to pray with you.